0: They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Welcome, everybody, to yet another brilliant episode of Matt and Tom's excellent, excellent podcast. I am Tom Putt, as you well know, and I'm joined by my fabulous co-host. In fact, he just he just runs the show, Matthew Maddie Matt Crummins. How are you?
1: I'm good. Are you a little bit drunk, Thomas?
0: <laughs> I'm not drunk now. I'm not. I, I can't remember the last time I was drunk. Actually, I don't That's... believe in that. I get oh, drunk off one wine these days, so yeah. I don't think a lot. And as I was <laughs> saying to you just a second ago, as you said, hit the record button, I had a few red wines last night just sitting in front of the TV watching the Olympics and I slept like a dog. I mean, is that a good thing or not? Hold on. If you sleep like a dog, is that good or bad?
1: Uh, if, if you, you sleep, sleep like, like a my, log. My dog sleeps, she snores. She's the worst snore in our house these days.
0: I bet you she does what you do when you're sleeping, which is lie on your back with your legs apart and snore loudly.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Well, so actually, well, actually, I got a, I've got what I call a snore trap, um, and because I, I used to be a bad snorer, and now that has been rectified, which is very exciting. And now I need to get one for the dog, but I'm not sure she'll wear it.
0: What the hell have you got? Explain further.
1: So. Uh, you know, like you get CPAP machines, right? And that whole like pumps air in and stuff like that. So I, I've got a bit of sleep apnea, but these things are like, it's like a mouth guard plate thing and it pushes your jaw like two millimetres forward and you just stop snoring. It's magical. Absolutely magical. The dog did eat my first one and that was oh, a very expensive dog meal, but the, yes. um, the second one is still alive and well. And so it works you wear in the
0: street. You wear this every night when you go to I bed. Do, I do. I have a similar thing. I grind my teeth. There you go. And I didn't know this up until the dentist told me and said, Oh, look, we recommend you get a mouth guard, a night guard, they call it.
1: Oh, a night guard. That's a like night guard a night guard. Watch.
0: In the night garden. And I can't go to bed without that in because otherwise I do grind and I notice it and I wake up with a sore jaw and all the rest of it. So. Listen to us old farts talking about our ailments, for goodness sake. Well, this I was actually
1: the- just wondering whether this is like a reflection on the stress levels in our industry. <laughs> we need all these sleeping aids, Tom's off it's- getting drunk on a random <laughs> Sunday night watching the Olympics. Like what is hey, going
0: on? If you can't get drunk on a Sunday night, you can't I mean that's the that's the night of the week to have a few drinks, surely. Oh god, no.
1: Absolutely. No, don't give me wrong. I do it, but like if I had to make a choice of only one night, that would not be the night.
0: It'd be a Friday night, wouldn't it?
1: Ah, uh, no, probably like a Tuesday.
0: Tuesday, <laughs> you can't yeah. drink midweek.
1: Oh, you can. Why? What, what's the point of drinking midweek? No. I'll send you my uh, a link to my TikTok account. And you'll find out.
0: Uh, you. Hold oh, <laughs> on, settle down. You have a TikTok account?
1: No, I don't. But I probably actually I probably oh, do from a, a drunken oh. Tuesday night that I set it up.
0: <laughs> you had me really worried there for a minute.
1: Yeah, no, a I'm TikTok. not that young. I'm not, I don't actually know what TikTok does. I, I, I've I, seen yes, some things in the news about it, um, but I yes. would stick to watching recipes on YouTube.
0: You need some young teenage uh, girls in your house to teach you about TikTok. Yeah, no, nah, I'm pretty good actually.
1: I've got, a, be- I've got a one-year-old and that's enough girl in my
0: house. Oh, no, are you pregnant again or what? No, God, oh, no. Okay.
1: No, you won't make that mistake. No, I'm not mistaken.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, God, that's on the record. Here you go, mark it down. Oh gosh, we're already getting
1: the we're already getting the questions from from you know, oh you know like you, you could change your mind, you could change your mind. I'm like, oh, I don't see, I don't, I don't see that at the, this point in time. Right. But um, yeah, they're waiting right. for Penny to drop. I don't know that it will, but that's okay.
0: No, you only do it if you if you really really want to.
1: Yeah, and you're certainly selling it to me.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I'm I, I think you've got to err on the side of caution with these things. It's a mm. big commitment. It and not, You don't do it unless you're 100% sure that this is what you want for both of you and for the family.
1: And this is turning into a bit of a counselling session, isn't it? Your low energy levels mixed with your serious... Um, what low serious... energy
0: levels? I am through the roof tonight. What really? are you talking about? Tell oh, me great, what's happening in
1: Tom's world this week.
0: Great feedback on the podcast from last week too, by the way. Always. Yes, yes, always, always. Should I say, always? We get good. We had, we had at least one or two listeners last week, based on the feedback. I think so. That's good, isn't it?
1: That's like a one hundred to two hundred percent increase, which is pretty phenomenal given it's just been a week. So,
0: yeah, (laughs) we're smashing, smashing. What has been happening in my week? I cannot think of anything that I have done this week other than to trying to manage. You know my my team my tribe on Fiverr and uh, the ups You and got downs wait it.
1: your tribe on you got a new tribe.
0: Oh, you know what I, I told you this in the Tom's last Tom's other tribe. I told you this in the last podcast. I know. I just
1: I've, had, I've never heard you refer to them as your tribe. Next week it'll be your family. And The next uh, week it'll be like your your polyamorous spouse polyamorous group.
0: Heck, I uh I. I've just been I feel like I've just I feel like I've just watched the Olympics all week to be honest.
1: Really? I've been I've been actually feel like the suspense of the Olympics has been in my world without watching the Olympics, waiting for Tom Putt merch to drop.
0: Ah, uh, now on that, on that, on that, that's very interesting. I actually went to the studio today and did some photography. And it wait, was... you're
1: printing photos of the gallery on t-shirts?
0: <laughs> no. I had some I've, – I've, I've released this genius product in the gallery, which I, I, I'll tell you about, where you know how traditionally people give food hampers as a gift, for example. You know, I'll send somebody a hamper and it's a food hamper and it's got half the stuff you can't eat or or you're allergic to or you don't <laughs> like. And I was
1: going to uh, say yeah. I love hampers, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you one tomorrow. I
1: remember the Crisco hampers at Christmas. You know they used to advertise them, and it was like you pay fifty cents. It was always on the the on the TV leading up to Christmas, like you pay fifty cents a week and you get the Christmas you dreamed of with this hamper.
0: This is and it. This it is it. Well, was, yeah. Lots well, of, I actually sent Ella a hamper. Um, she wasn't she wasn't well, and I sent her a hamper. It had a dressing gown in it.
1: How's that? That's, that's an odd thing to put in a hamper.
0: It had a dressing gown. It had these bath salts. It had chocolate. It had. A bowl of champagne in it. How's that, eh? It was um, was it what was it a caregiving hamper or something like that? Anyway, how, old,
1: how old's Ella?
0: She's eighteen,
1: right? I'm thinking like here you are sending the champers. I'm like I forget that you're that old, Tom. That's all.
0: This is it. I am very old, and Ella, yeah. and Ella too, is now old enough to drink uh, legally. So um, she much appreciated that. Not encouraging drink, drinking in my teenage children, mind you. So, but well,
1: I was sending them alcoholic. Hamper. But, but
0: right. I have, if you can go to my website actually, and you can look up my photography hamper. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm very impressed. If you go into tomputt.com and you go to info, gift ideas, you can see gift hampers. It's got a little new uh, icon next to it. And you'll see the photographs I took today there. It's got... A Mornington Peninsula, beautiful summer edition Mornington Peninsula coffee table book, gift valued ideas. at seventy five dollars. It's got a stylish acrylic block, and then it's also got a gift voucher in there at value to two hundred and fifty dollars. So, all Thank of you. that in the little in the little box that we're giving all that with. How's that?
1: That box awesome. looks phenomenally designed as well. Is that someone on Fiverr? What do you mean? I did all that myself. I'm joking. I can't even see the box. I'm just trying to make your efforts feel worthwhile.
0: It's there. There's a box there that the, the other photos don't have. Boxes no, I see it.
1: No, I can see it with it. Can, I can't see the outside of the box. But anyway, it looks it's cool. I like that. I, like that. I might buy one of those for Laura.
0: You should. Absolutely. You can yeah. order online. Although my drop down is not working. Can you try the drop down that says choose your ice block?
1: Uh,. Choose your ice block. Mine's also not working. No. So it I looks don't... like you're getting Balnaring horses, whether you like it or not.
0: <laughs> that's it. That's it. But to be honest, um, there's I...
1: lots of horse people out there. So this is actually probably the perfect one for it to be stuck on. I can't work out how to fix that. I can't I, feel... also, I can't flick through your gallery with those images either. They keep swiping. And I, I'm i like, pause, I want to inspect Oof. it. And it's like, nah, new photo.
0: Oh, you're supposed to be able to click on one of those. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to get back annoying. to
1: Balnaring horses, but... It's it's oh, not all right, all right Anyway, all right. this is See, these are technical things, things, to tidy up. There's
0: take line. things. There's a few things to tidy up. By the time, hopefully by the time people are listening to this podcast, it's running just swimmingly. Absolutely swimmingly. Well, by the time running.
1: I get round to editing it, will probably be another month or two. You'll have t-shirts and all sorts of fun
0: things, by well, then shower curtains, t-shirt. maybe. There are <laughs> there are t-shirts coming. Uh that that I was waiting on. I've I've had five designed and I was waiting on another four. And I went to the studio today to shoot these beautiful gift hampers, and of course the other four t-shirts hadn't arrived. When do you think the t-shirts arrived, Matthew? The other t suggest this evening. This afternoon
1: at about three o'clock. Mm. Yes, correct,
0: mm. correct, correct. So.
1: Can you just go home? Do you, are you? Is the gallery open at the moment?
0: It's well, I don't open Monday, Tuesdays, it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So oh, yes, it's no. open. It's That's open. Terrible. What do you mean it's terrible?
1: Well, guess where I'm going tomorrow?
0: Where are you You're going down the morning to Peninsula. I am Park.
1: going down the morning to... In fact, guess that, that little bing you just heard? Guess what that That's was?
0: Somebody confirming that they're meeting you at Sparrows Fart tomorrow morning in the driving rain.
1: Uh-uh. That was Peninsula Hot Springs, buddy, going, hey, just you start relaxing, okay? Oh.
0: <laughs> I thought you are running a workshop down there.
1: Oh, a, well, a workshop in relaxation, maybe. Right. Yeah, no, tomorrow. If you realise this was I'm, part
0: of your offering.
1: No, it's not. Um, although, <laughs> I mean, gosh, Maybe you're making was, t-shirts, I'm doing relaxation workshops, you're grinding your teeth, I have a snore guard. I feel like there's probably room in our repertoire for a relaxation workshop, if I could be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm going, I've got two days off because we have not been away in 18 months.
0: Oh, that's rough. Would you believe? You're it? taking. Well, I mean, you? I've been like on.
1: No, I'm going away, like enjoying ourselves <laughs> for like two days of just first night without child
0: in eighteen months.
1: In well, since she was born, which was of course last year ish.
0: Of course, last yes, year ish.
1: Very, very exciting. Last- Nice yeah, I know. To last year, last year's technically not a year though. Last year was like ten years, so it's a bit oh, hard to quantify. This really, not,
0: this year's not proving to be much better. What time are you dropping her off so I can be here?
1: Uh, she's actually staying um, here. I was going to come down and look at, for some artwork for our house.
0: Oh, well, you're more than welcome. Come on, I do have. I've got some appointments, so um, at the gallery anyway. So I'll be there. So just make a time with me, and I'll be there.
1: You notice how I've I've helped you to plug two different products so far, Tom? You are
0: so amazing. I know, right? I should have said, Matthew, it would be my pleasure to furnish your beautiful abode with some large, expensive artwork to put into your brand new home. Yeah. (laughs) Clear the credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll see how I go with that.
0: Before you come down. No, but if you are (laughs) passing through, make sure you let me know I've got I am there in the morning at least. I think I should be there on Tuesdays anyway. I've got it on the door that I'm open Tuesdays, so I should probably be there. Probably not a bad idea. You know, one of those things you can't really necessarily, if you're a retail shop, you're generally best to have the doors open probably as much as possible.
1: That does help. Now, Mm. tell me, tell me, Mm. Tom, tom, tom tell me something exciting that's happening. (laughs) Exciting. Well, I you- feel like we've. I feel like we've gone. I've, so, for those who don't know, we normally record this in the morning when we're fresh, and then today we're having to record in the evening because tomorrow I won't be so fresh in the morning. So, um, well, because I won't be here, um, and so we're recording at night. And I feel like
0: we could have done this face to face. We could have done like a.
1: You just yawn, mate. This is not going well. I did not.
0: <laughs> I might have <laughs> yawned.
1: How did you know? Because it sounded like you're having a really small stroke for a second there. <laughs>
0: Oh, 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 oh,
1: I won't go into that. Um, Maybe we should cut this straight into like our topic for tonight because I feel as though we're both... This is one of those things like we'll get to our topic in 15 minutes and then there'll be like four hours of just a track of you grinding your teeth and me snoring.
0: <laughs> how exciting for our listenership, hey? I
1: know. It's not how great.
0: How how great. <laughs> exciting for them to listen
1: to. Well, we, we do... But if we go now, right, so 15 minutes in, we've really just saved them 15 minutes of their life of us rambling.
0: Do you reckon um, they'll be appreciative of that then?
1: I have a feeling that they might be if they got to this point at all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, well, we could really screw with them and start the topic now because I'm sure there's many who just, trend, just, just fast forward to the 25-minute mark and, and hope that by then we've actually got to the topic.
1: You know what we should have done? We should have done the topic first and then <laughs> all afterwards and really just flip the script That's on this next podcast.
0: Week. Next week. next week, that.
1: <laughs> That's it. We just have this secret. This is the whole point. Consistency is out because then people fast forward through, well, I was going to say the ads, but we're not good enough to have ads. But you know what I mean. Like, that. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I like it. I like it. So what's what do so what you want to talk about this week? What well, pearls of wisdom are you going to pass on to the listenership?
1: Well, I don't know that I've got pearls of wisdom, but we oh, were sort we of go. we did a bit of a backwards and forwards on our topics, and um, we've we've well this week we we wanted to talk about I don't know, how do you put it without being a total wank like <laughs> oh, well off you go not being tr- not staying true to your passion or whatever but like basically
0: I like to call it
1: staying in your lane staying in your la- you totally stole that from a self help book Tom <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst. Yeah, you know, either that or the driving ed book. I'm not sure. The which the driving ed, you know, like the um, the like when you get your learners,
0: ah, right, yeah. right. No, 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 no. no. it's Staying a metaphor, a it's a metaphor, Matthew. Metaphor, come on, explain yourself. You put up a very sort of like uh, cathartic post on Facebook during the week, which prompted this topic.
1: I feel like most of my posts on Facebook are quite. Quite cathartic. I've I must of, start
0: following you so I can see them more often.
1: Well, you probably won't see them that often because I actually don't post very much, very right. often. Because the, the, I think the thing with, with, with photos for me is like, and I, I've actually had to take quite a bit of time away from f- my own photos and I've started going back through them and suddenly I'm like, oh yeah, actually there's a, some shots I really love here. But um, I sort of feel as though... I tend to look at my photos when I need to be, I don't want to use the word "reinspired" as though like you're inspired by yourself, but you know, like re-inspired about the the experiences that you've had. And so I tend yep. to go through my photos when I'm sort of feeling a bit like, I just need a kick. And, um, and so that's when I'm like, oh, yep. I haven't posted that one. And that one's actually pretty cool. And then, you know, yeah. So um, my Facebook posts, I tend to try and put like a little story with each of my, well, not even story, but like a thought with each of my photos as opposed to just like, here's a photo with, you know, settings, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, um,
0: yeah, good idea. Yeah,
1: this week, the it's actually funny because I found this photo that I wanted to post, which I really like um, retrospectively because the first time I saw it, I was like, eh. Um, but then when I actually wrote the caption to it, which was completely separate to the photo, I just thought I'll put a pretty photo up in this thought. And then I was like, oh, wow, it's actually like yeah. the photo's kind of a metaphor for the caption. Oh, that worked really well together. So yeah, you can view I've that. Used, I've just commentary. realized that, so yes.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I've just realized that that it is. You're swimming towards the light, Matthew. Yeah, it's like the Those light in the, the tunnel. It, jump onto yeah. Facebook.com Matt Crummans Photography, Crummans 1M. And uh Matt's latest post on July 31st at 6:44 a.m. because Matt gets up at stupid hours, is a photograph of light shining through an underwater chasm and there's a diver or a remote uh you know. It is a, a diver. Fan. He's just got all a lot right. of equipment. Yeah. All right, all right. Um swimming towards the light and uh, Matt's talked about well, you talk about it. Swimming towards it.
1: the light, basically. <laughs> I'm
0: not talking about the photo, um, I'm talking about your realization that you had.
1: Well, yeah. So I had this realization and I've had this a few times in my photography. I'm gonna call it career i find that i um photography is the sort of thing that gives you so many amazing experiences so every job i've ever had in photography whether it's with um you know a company or whether it was just me on my own me, but it really does afford what? With me, with, with most, Tom, the,
0: most of the awesome experiences with you've Tom had as
1: well, yes. Um, but like you, you, it, it's a sort of thing where, and I think we've spoken about this before, where you get to golf and just do super cool stuff. So my my day in the office, you know, when you're not editing and stuff, if I'm actually out shooting, um, that could be out doing landscapes. It could be out with wildlife. Before you know these times, you could be traveling, and I. It's really funny because when you do these things enough, you tend to hang out with people who do the same sort of things as you. Yep. And so it becomes a really kind of, mun- not a mundane conversation, but as an example, like this photo, this is from um, the Solomon Islands. And I actually went off and um, I, w- I was leading a group. And on this one day, it's like this whole little cave system that goes through this Island and you've got to be qualified to do it. And most of my group weren't qualified. In fact, no one was qualified, but the, the guy who was on the, the, the dive leader on the boat um who was sort of running the whole show, he was qualified, had his rebreather, really into photography. And he said, look, mate, why don't we just piss off for a few dives and just really go exploring? And so the group said, yeah, yeah, they're all happy with that. So I, I nicked off with him and we went and like basically explored through the inside of this island in a cave system. And it's like I, I we got out and we were talking about it really like kind of casually like, yeah, it was a really great dive. There was some cool light, got some cool shot for shots. I got home and thought nothing of it because a lot of my friends are cave divers. And it, it's, it takes a little bit of time of not doing it before you go like, wow, actually, that's a pretty cool experience that most people mm. never, ever do. yeah And I'm sure you find it with landscapes. You go out to these incredible, you know, places. And I know it's, it's, you know, it always probably you stop and you breathe it in and you blow your mind for the moment. But you probably don't have any appreciation for how special those things are because most people don't get to do those. Whereas for you, that'd be like, not an average day in the office for sure, but you know, like it's a pretty common occurrence that you're in these wicked environments. Um, And so, yeah, it was a bit of a time where I think I started reflecting on the fact that, you know, COVID's it's, it's ruined a lot of things for a lot of people, but I think more, more and more, I speak to creatives. um, People have really lost themselves a bit because they haven't been able to do what makes them tick. Mm. And it's, coming out of it and starting to come out of it now, people I think are starting to go, well, wow, actually I remember, you know, like I remember all these things that made, you know, made, made me really special in what I did. And at the time you might not have appreciated it as much because you were doing it so frequently. Whereas now you yeah. go, wow, actually this is, yeah, pretty special.
0: Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. I totally get that because of course, you know, you get complacent and, and I had to remind myself of that when I was away just recently in the Kimberley where we did, the most incredible adventure where we were photographing, you know, five days from helicopters. And the only mode of transport we had was a helicopter flying around the Kimberley. For goodness sake, that was a real, you know, pinch me is this real type moment. And then straight after that dived into another workshop where we were 12 days in the Kimberley land base, but then jumping up in helicopters as well. And I almost got to the point where I was like, do you know what like another helicopter ride really is that, is that necessary and i'm like hey we're going to get some super cool photos switch on tom this is going to be amazing right and they and it was every experience we had was incredible but you can get you can have too much of a good thing can't you and absolutely and we've had all we've we've had a lot of that uh, or some of us had a lot of that up until now and then all of a sudden it's been cut short with covid and uh we haven't been able to get out as much as we want and and it, and it does allow us to appreciate and and reflect on what we've, um, what we've been able to experience up until now. That's for sure.
1: I think also like the other thing that, that, um, the last sort of 18, I'm going to call it 18 months. Cause I really have lost track of time. Um, but the last 18 months, I think that's really, um, in the corner of my screen,
0: um, the, uh, the, hot. the hotspot, the first, the first uh, text message was just confirming your appointment. And the next one there is just to say that the, uh, it's now the uh, yeah. <laughs> two-hour uh, couple's massage is now confirmed also.
1: That's it. Um, <laughs> no, like I think that um, the last 18 months is because there's been so many limitations on what people can do and how they can do it. I think a lot of people actually, especially in photography, have picked up their cameras to do new things. Um, and so I'll give you a really classic example. Um, I got a package that arrived, no joke, half an hour before this podcast.
0: Oh, um, was it a big package, Matthew?
1: Ah, uh, not a big package. It is. It is an. It is an Apple-esque black box, right? Ooh. So you know, like when you open it, you just kind of like, "This is a schmeck product." Yeah. yeah. And you open it up, and it's like all perfectly laid out in perfect foam cut and everything like that. And guess what it is? It is Tell a Bluetooth water droplet kit.
0: A what?
1: Yeah. So all it does is spit water droplets out. To and do water what? droplet photography, right? You know, like when you do it, like splashing water droplets. And you know what was really stupid? This is why I don't drink on Tuesdays anymore. But anyway, I've got one of these. Every Tuesday. No, I got this. Um, I I bought this thing because I was like, you know, in the times when we can't go out and do anything, like you know, what's an interesting thing to do at home? And I've started to kind of. I haven't done much experimenting compared to other people, but I I think it's. You know, again, I've now bought this. I probably won't use it because I can actually do fun things rather than sit there and play with like a little Bluetooth device. But I feel as though a lot of people have like done a lot of experimenting with their photography mm-hmm. and maybe tried new genres and stuff. And I, 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 yeah, I wonder how many people are going to go back to what they did and the way they did it because I'm, I'm certainly actually having that moment—a a bit of a, a bit of a—I need to get back to my roots moment with wildlife yes. and underwater. Yeah, um, why are you starting
0: all this in the first place?
1: Yeah, I just don't know why. I. um, There's a lot of photography genres that I actually shoot and I go, why? That does not make me happy. It doesn't make me unhappy. Like I don't do it like with tears in my eyes while I'm photographing (laughs) stuff. But like I don't get home and go, wow, that filled me with joy. I, right. I didn't you know, that's that's a Mari Kondo thing, by the way. Um yeah, I know. I, I know. it's oh good, good. Um it's it's something when I get home and I'm like, yeah, cool, that was fine. I've got some shots. Like a great example is, you know, I really enjoy teaching my street and travel photography course. Yes. But if I was to go out into the city these days and do it myself, like actually go out shooting travel and street, you know, like city stuff, I'd enjoy it because it was something maybe a bit different. But I really would those photos probably would never go anywhere because I just it just doesn't resonate with me. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And it's um yeah, have you have you ever had that cuz I know you've changed genres a few times and stuff. And I know you found you you found your swing now, but surely within landscape, you know, like everyone you you probably have like a ton of different genres within landscape photography as well. Cuz you don't shoot much seascape anymore, do you?
0: Uh well, well, seascape's about the only stuff I've got the option of shooting when I'm down here on the peninsula to be honest, but um I am going through a bit of a lull with my photography back here cuz I find that, um, you know, you need that energy to put into your creativity in order for it to do it justice. You know what I mean? You've got to be enthusiastic about it. And if I'm enthusiastic about something else in my life other than my photography, I find that that steals the energy away from the, the photography. So I haven't done a lot of photography down here on the peninsula, but to get back to your point about, exploring different genres etc you know there, there was a time there where I would shoot nothing but panoramic landscapes you know that was the first 15 years of my landscape photography career from 97 all the way through to you know 12 13 14 and then I and then I realized that that, that wasn't turning me on as much it wasn't something that I found as challenging as as doing um, as it was when I first started doing it so that's when I moved into more of the aerial photography and I, you know, absolutely st- love that still because I feel it's very artistic. I, I love the experience of being up in a plane or a helicopter mm. and I love the, the photos that it produces. It's just amazing. Um, having said that when I'm down here on the peninsula, if I'm going to go out and shoot, I like, I'm, I'm actually, I like the idea of getting out and shooting when it's really inclement weather which ties in with your water droplet little Bluetoothy thingy, Bobby. But I was just uh, scanning over some of the photos that I've recently uploaded to my uh, website from uh, Arthur Seat, for example. And there's a whole series there from last winter when we had some fantastic sort of low cloud and crummy weather and getting in amongst the forest with the fog drifting through there. And, you know, you're getting a bit wet and, and what have you. I, I, I love, I guess I'm just not after the straight, up and down, like, cliche landscapes anymore. I yeah. think as an artist, a lot of the people listening to this podcast would be thinking, oh, I'm just happy to get out and take photographs, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that as well. But then when you get to the point where you've perhaps shot a lot of the same thing, you, you should, I think you start wanting to look for something a little bit more different or artistic, you know, something that's going to challenge you in that journey as you're an artist and, and, and evolving. So that's hence why I, I would probably rarely get out on a blue sky day and shoot the beaches on the Mornington Peninsula because I'd be like, oh, it's been done. I feel like I've done it to death as opposed to getting out in the, uh, in the cold and mist and fog and everything else and wanting to photograph uh, something a little different down this way. So, yeah, I... I I definitely feel that when I want to get out and shoot, I want to shoot it passionately. And and I think it's important to to remember what, what you know, you got into the whole caper for in the first place. And I guess that's where we do get, I mean, I get, I get you know, people messaging me all the time, oh, I've lost my mojo. I really want to get out and take some more photographs, but I don't know how or where or just not feeling it. And that's where I think we've got to dial it back a little and just, and, and get rid of all those distractions that you get on social media as well. Mm. And have to look through some back catalogue of images and go, right, oh, yeah, that's a, real, that's a really good picture I took, actually. Yeah, I'm, I should probably go out and shoot more of that stuff.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting, though, as well, because I think when you start to get that feeling like you've lost your mojo a little bit, it's, it's pretty easy to recognise. But I think for a lot of people, it's pretty hard to actually get over that. It's. A, I think it's pretty. Daunting, oh yeah, it's are said and done. It's. Um. But I, I. really do think that there is something quite valuable about looking back at your favorite shots and working out exactly what it is that does make you tick. And. And. I think looking back at your own photos kind of reminds you of the amazing experiences that though that that genre has brought you in particular. Um. But and I totally agree with you that you don't want to start just shooting like the, when you get to the point where you're shooting generic stuff like just. You know, going out for the sake of it. Um, yeah, rather I than I pursuing see a moment. It's uh, it, it's it's a, it's a bit of an alarm bell.
0: Yeah. I think you want to be excited to get out and take your photos and, and have the camera in your hand. And, and that's when you create the best stuff, you know, like if you can have a moment like that in landscape photography, along with an epic location and some half decent light, well, you're three quarters of the way there. You're, you're nine tenths of the way there in creating some really special images. I mean, I don't know whether you've had it where you can go out you've probably had dives like this where you'll just go out and just everywhere you turn the camera it turns to gold. Like, you know, you can't take a bad shot because you're in the right headspace. You know, you're like mm-hmm. excited to be there, it's a new location. Um, you're diving perhaps with people that you haven't died with before, or you're diving with buddies that you haven't died with in a long time, and and the lights epic or the landscapes or the underwater landscapes epic, etc., cetera, et cetera. And it's just like and you can see it's 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 a moment. Um, they call it flow. Mm. I talked about this before. There's a whole book on it that I've got in my bookcase that I've never read. But, um, it's that moment where you're kind of like in that meditative state whereby you're just on song. You know, it's like a an athlete, like a golfer, for example, that plays you know three or four rounds to win a tournament. And then the next week, they can totally bomb. But because they just got in the right headspace, all of a sudden, it all just comes together for them.
1: I hate to say, I'm really sorry, Tom. I know this will offend some people. but You just said it's like an athlete. And the first option you go for with athlete is a golfer. <laughs> golfer. Like what the are Olympics and you're like, golf.
0: Yes. Sports people then. <laughs> all right, sports people.
1: Okay. You know, it's actually interesting. So there's, I've got a little interesting story about this. Um, and this does involve Nick Fletcher
0: oh um, here we go i <laughs> know that right. one you got the mention you got the mention 32 <laughs> minutes into the podcast
1: oh, we were God. chatting about this because we talk a lot about when we when we catch up a lot of our conversations they come to kind of they they, ter- they often cover off like the the passion versus business aspect of photography because obviously with you know the festival and like all the instructors we've got we're always trying to like rejig things and work out how to make it work best for everyone but one of the things that um we got talking about one day was we were talking about people who sort of start or when you start off your career in photography. And I know that we've talked about this on the podcast before, but Nick said something really interesting in um, his approach on this is that if you want to get into professional photography, I'm putting this in inverted commas because I don't like the term at all. Um, the best thing you can do is, is start photographing whatever you were passionate about before photography.
0: Yeah. right. So yeah. if
1: you were a cyclist, for instance, start yeah being a cycling photographer. Yep. If you were into horse riding, be an equine photographer. Yep. If you're into whatever it was because inherently you already got this this passion for it. It's going to reinvigorate a prior passion, you know, but it's also it's something you know so well that you're already miles ahead of anyone else doing it. And having that passion in your photography or that that passion in the topic and the subject matter that it just immediately makes you a great you know, a great expert or a great, um, not an expert, what's the word? This is where I know now it's like 8.30 at night and I should be in bed. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it, it's, you're already across it. And, and so yeah. if I turned around today and said, actually, you know what, I'm going to become a horse photographer. Even if you are an amazing, even if I was an amazing animal photographer, I'd be a crappy horse photographer comparatively speaking because I don't know what I'm looking for. Mm. You know and one of his things in particular was he was talking about this passion of um, his motorbike stuff and he also yeah. does um, roller hockey because his fa- the family plays um, roller hockey as well right and he was saying like you you sort of know what you're supposed to shoot like you know what people want to see. Whereas if I was to shoot it, I'd be shooting probably the moments between the stuff that people oh, are yeah, care yeah, about. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's, as an example, like if you, if you photograph, say diving, right? I was looking at the, I was watching the Olympics a little the other day and I was looking at the synchronized diving, which was really bizarre. Um, if I was still thinking about what part of that dive I would photograph or I try and capture, I reckon it would probably be the entirely wrong part. Like what the athletes would care about and what people into diving would probably care about would be some technical part of the dive that I've got no idea about. And mm. I would be photographing the splash at the end being like, oh, that was a very small splash. Mm. <laughs> and so that, that passion and all getting back to your roots and making sure that whatever you're photographing is you're really passionate about. I think it does go a very, very long way in, um, in, in producing good work.
0: Yep, yep, and, and you
1: know as well, you always have an audience because if you were interested in it, then odds are a billion other people are interested in it.
0: Yep, yep, you're quite right. I did um basketball photography for a little bit while I was um, really no, whilst I was employed as a as a sports photographer there, oh, and right. I sucked at it because I my sense of timing was totally out. I'd never played basketball before, and you got to sit underneath the basket there or at the back of the court there, and anticipate where the ball's going to be passed to uh, and then obviously the jump shot and everything else. uh, I I was just so way behind the eight ball. I just took terrible photos besides the fact that we put these big lights in the stadium and they're big strobe lights. Uh And so you would need to time it so that, You'd get the right shot to begin with because there's about a two second delay before the strobes were back and running again. <laughs> so you can't just go bang, 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 and shoot six frames a second. Not, not to these. mention
1: that would really, really piss off the basketballers. Just like, yeah, they're not, the
0: they, they, they very much get used to it. And in fact, if you watch any NBA, uh, game you'll you'll if you tune in enough you'll actually see all the strobes going off you just it happens so quickly that you often don't notice it's happening and i'm sure they're the same they just get so used to it in the end they don't even notice but um it's it's a real pain in the ass i'm sure they've got better technology now that allows it to go off in a split second with leds and all the rest of it but this was like something out of the fifties photography where the flash bulb would have to go bang. And then would have the to something. light
1: a candle and then blow yeah, it Yeah, <laughs>
0: that too. Yeah. Wear yeah. where <laughs> wear a, a, a three piece suit and all the rest of it to take the photo. But, um, I think, uh, knowledge, intimate knowledge of, of what you're photographing. I mean, what's another example. I mean, you know, some of the best, um, horse photographers are ex riders, you know, for example, or they Absolutely. have horses themselves. I mean, um, i've got an example for and against here um mary my partner my love of my life as you know runs a portrait studio in ringwood here in melbourne she has a brilliant photographer who works for her who's an ex-dancer now they do some brilliant stuff with dancers for example and so tash just knows the type of pose, the language to use when she's directing the dances, et cetera, et cetera. So she nails it, right? You can't get anybody in there just to do some dance stuff because I just would have no idea what to, to say, what to look for, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a, an example for, an example against that is a great motor mine, Delhi Carr, who's actually over in um, Tokyo at the moment covering the Olympics and he's done, oh, God knows how many. Um, I photographed with him in Sydney, so he's done at least six or five or six. Um, he is probably regarded as the world's best triathlon photographer. And I met Delhi when I was into triathlon years ago and getting into photography. So this was back in the mid nineteen nineties. I still think to this day, and I'm happy for him to correct me if I'm wrong. He has still never raced in a triathlon. So right. the fact that he's a brilliant triathlon photographer. He has never raced in a triathlon. He's not the most sporty kind of guy. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. He's a brilliant photographer. (laughs) For the last time I saw Delhi. he was a little bit, he's not the tallest bloke in the world. And, you know, you can imagine. I don't know. I'm not being very nice about him. Am I? He's a super nice guy. Delhi. I love you to be.
1: (laughs) Divert. Shout out to Cam Blake. Um, Talking about about short people with a wombat
0: stature. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, Delhi doesn't, I mean, that's who he is, you know. So um he, he doesn't have the most athletic build, but uh he's not he, he doesn't make it doesn't make him a bad triathlon photographer, that's for sure. Unbelievable.
1: There you go. There
0: you go. So anyway,
1: what, what so tell me what what advice would you be giving to people to you know, they're feeling because you know, we we've got an opportunity now, a bit of a what looks like a bit of a clear run coming up to get back to it. What yeah. advice have you got from your many, many years, if not decades now of experience <laughs> um, <laughs> to to kind of reignite that passion because I'm sure a lot of us are kind of waking up from this hibernation going, oh, I don't really know what to do. Motivation's not there.
0: Oh, well, for, speaking from experience, I think at the end of the day, you've got to look at something that's, gonna, that's, that's you're going gonna to turn you on that when you come away from that shoot you're going to be really proud of what you've produced. I think just going, you've got to have a plan. I think you've got to have a plan. You've got to say to yourself, what is it that if I captured some really good photographs of that, would that really inspire me to continue to get out there and take some great photographs? So um, for me, as I said, it's going out there and shooting the, the the mist and the fog and the rain and and all that sort of stuff, the wintry sort of landscapes that we've got happening down here at the moment. So that's... That's what I'd be encouraging people to do. What is it that's going to tickle your fancy so that you can then be inspired to get out there and do it? Because you don't want to go out there with passion because without passion, it's going to show in your photos and and you're not going to like what you've produced and there's no point in doing that. There you go.
1: What about that was kind of concise. Nice. We could have just cut the whole episode down to just <laughs> –
0: I don't know that that was an infinite pearls of wisdom for anybody but – that's that's uh, how I feel about it all, and and I and as you know. we've talked about, as we talked about, I've loved nothing more, um, just backtracking a little, going through my website, and and I've just redesigned it so that I've got heaps of categories, so you can find stuff more easily. And it's allowed me to go, oh, hold on, I've, I've done a whole shoot on Fraser Island up in Queensland. I've been there a few times. How come I've got, like, bugger all photos on my website? So I've been going through my catalogue of images and and reliving all of those and 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 choosing the very best to then go on to the website, which is exciting. Because I just love – actually, you know, as we've talked about already in this episode, I actually do – like going through my previous images and, and reminiscing over them and, and going through and going, oh, yeah, that was a nice photo. That actually is a good shot, etc. It's It's nice to look for me personally as a, at a body of work over the last, you know, 10, 20 years and see that there is some half-decent stuff in there because as we've talked about in other episodes too, it's pretty easy to get down on yourself and and not consider yourself to be a good photographer, especially if you haven't been out doing it for a while, as as most of us in the last 12 or 18 months has done bugger all photography. So you can feel a bit rusty or you can feel a little bit uh, disheartened or a little bit unsure of, of, of um, your your skill in this. So it is nice to reassure yourself that you are a good photographer. Go back and have a look at some of the photographs that you really like. And then let's get out there and create some other great photographs to add to that collection that you've already got.
1: There you go.
0: That was how inspiring was that. That was word
1: that was pearls of wisdom right there. <laughs> that was just wow.
0: Oh, I should have pressed record.
1: Oh no. So <laughs> like we'll have to do this again another night.
0: Ah, uh, well, you know what? It's 42 minutes in, Matthew. Wow. How did we get to there so quickly?
1: Uh, I don't know that it was quick to be honest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it was, was quick for me. Do you think it wouldn't have been so quick for others?
1: Oh, uh, maybe not so quick for others, but I haven't. I, I've got one, one thing to add to your thing before we. Please, please. You know, because we do have two minutes to waste, and, you know, I like to talk for seven. Um, <laughs> so the, you, I agree with you entirely about looking back at your catalog, but I do have one little tip that worked really well for me because I think Ooh, yeah. it works in with the psych, like the, the, the mentality that you're probably going through if you're feeling your mojo's a bit down with this stuff. So if you're feeling a bit down in the dumps about your photography and you sort of need to just, you know, find that spark and motivation, there's nothing more satisfying than deleting things um, because it yeah, just right. like it kind of feeds into your like, well, this sucks. Um, so it kind of, it's satisfying because, you know, you, you get to scratch that itch. But equally, it actually has an, a good outcome. So I wrote an article a while back. It was called um, Stop Hoarding You Talented Beast. And Ooh. it basically said that if you go out on a shoot, and we all do this, I'm sure, we all probably take, you know, 50 variations and they might be slight variations of the same shot. So you'll come yeah. back from a you know a day of shooting. and you know, I know that you're shooting a bit different now, Tom, and I definitely shoot a bit different now as well. But most people, and I can talk for myself for a long time, I shot tons of frames of oh. the same kind of thing oh. again and again oh. and again. Oh.
0: oh, I've lost you.
1: And at the end of it, I probably would have edited maybe... Two shots you know out of them, because like there's two that are better than the others, and I'm not going to edit more than one of the same image if that makes sense,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, but the problem is is that when you go into a lightroom catalog and one of my students this week said to me they've got I think four hundred and ninety thousand photos in their catalog, um wow look at that, that's a lot of photos, and I said to them
0: myself, holy shit like what <laughs>
1: And, and she said, yeah, like, I don't like deleting things because in case I want to go back to it. I said, yes. that's the problem is because you've actually got so much stuff in there that all those amazing photos that you've actually taken, you've probably got a whole gallery worth of images that are just stunning, but they're so hidden behind all the test shots, behind the dud shots, behind the, I left my lens cap on shots. Um, mm. You know, that it's very hard to see the good in it.
0: It and is, so- it is. And it gets diluted.
1: Absolutely. So my, right. my advice for people, if you're feeling a bit that way and you're wanting to re-inspire yourself, you know, I don't expect you to wake up in the morning and go, oh my God, today's a new day. I'm going to go out and do all this stuff. Sit there and feel miserable, grab a glass of wine <laughs> and start deleting the junk between the good shots. And what suddenly happens is you start to pull together this Lightroom catalog of, you know, wow, actually... There's a lot of amazing stuff in here. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, t- it takes you on this rabbit hole, you know, mm-hmm. when you, you start going on this trip and you start reliving this experience and it really brings back that motivation, but um, it, it's got lots of benefits. You First of all, save your hard drive, but also, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, it really does, I think, distill down why you do this because yep. keeping all that junk there is, it's not doing anyone any good at all
0: yeah I agree. I, 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 you know me, I'm, I've not been a big believer in deleting stuff. No, but but I it can absolutely absolutely, I can <laughs> absolutely see the benefit in what you're saying there because from a psychological point of view, you you want to be you want to be looking at at for anything to to help encourage you to get out and shoot more but also to, to to be able to look back and and rather than going jesus there's a whole lot of shit in this light ring catalog that i need to get rid of or or worse still you're saying to yourself jesus a lot of shit in here i'm not a good photographer
1: yeah that's it's that's better, the classic.
0: it's better to be able to look look at, at all the good stuff t- and focus on that rather than focusing on on the other side glass half full rather than glass half empty
1: yeah, that's it, and I think also like the when I talk about deleting stuff, just to clarify, I'm certainly not saying go and delete the you know the B grade photos. Um, I'm talking very specifically, about, like if I scroll, I'm just in my catalog now. looking at my Indonesia shots, and we we went to Komodo and photographed the Komodo dragons, mm. and I can tell you now that I have got of the exact same Komodo dragon
0: twenty five thousand photos. Oh, uh,
1: there must be. 100- <laughs> Must be a hundred frames because I was shooting on burst mode at like ten frames a second. Yeah, right. Um, obviously not holding it down constantly, but like because it was moving and doing different, you know, stuff as it got closer. And in wildlife especially, you shoot a lot because you don't know when that opportunity will cease to exist. So it's it's easy to kind of go, I'll oh, just wait for the right moment, but you don't know at what point the animal turns around and that was the closest it was ever going to get. So you tend Mm -hmm. to shoot progressively, but what it does mean is that, you know, I, I can see here, I can delete 150 frames that were, there was one that was really good version of it where it had its tongue out. It had the right pose. It was close enough, et cetera. And then the other ones, they were actually pretty good shots too, but they're so similar to that first shot. That's actually really, really good that I would never publish it because it's, Pretty much identical. Yeah. So
0: um, burst mode is almost a, 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 a curse rather than a blessing, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, on burst mode, I mean, especially on the new cameras, burst mode's ridiculous. Um, I actually find um, a lot of people who photograph uh, kids' sports. So a lot of my students will, will um, they take photos of their grandkids' sports yeah. or their kids' sports, and they do it for the whole team. And like, and they actually genuinely say like they've taken. <laughs> You know, two thousand photos for that match on Saturday morning, and I just go, "How wow. on earth that's are you going to manage of, that?"
0: A lot of editing.
1: That's a lot of editing.
0: It's a about. lot of sitting in front of the computer. The less yeah. photos you take, the less amount of editing. You know what I mean? But that's it. There's been a complaint on the um on the podcast, Matthew, uh-huh. about
1: since about, we started. Was it me?
0: Yeah, it's just come in. It's just come in. It is about you, and they've said, "Can." Matthew Cummins, please update the photo on his Facebook page because it's from ten years ago. At least I'm looking at it now. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's like a younger version. It's like a. It's like your ten year, uh, you know, your your junior younger brother.
1: It's like I'm not worn out. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely
0: pre kids.
1: It is definitely pre kids. Definitely pre kids. Although look baby it, is not as old, it is not as old as what you think it is. Really. Um, but yes, I agree. It could do with some <laughs> Um, I'm just waiting on a couple of things before I do that.
0: You're waiting for the Botox to arrive in the mail, the so bot- you can self inject.
1: Yeah, the Botox and the motivation to get on that treadmill.
0: Oh God, you don't have a treadmill, do you?
1: I do have a treadmill. I've do a you gym. really? Yeah, oh we've got a gym God. now, so I haven't used. I've used it once. I just I saw the say, photo yeah. on
0: your bloody Facebook. The the uh, you went a tad overboard with the magenta uh, tinge there, um, and I never thought I'd say that. But look at this pad; it's like unbelievable.
1: Ah, uh, that was actually an iPhone photo. Right. So that was the magenta where that came from. But it was a very purple morning. It was pretty crazy. Right. Um. But yeah, that was just that was the um. That was my phone doing that, Jazz. Right,
0: right. Okay, blame it on the phone. I was going to say to add some value to what you were talking about before, to, before it slipped my Because <laughs> it was
1: devoid of value a second ago. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I've
0: got to try and get all the credits I can. Is that um? why not go through your lighting catalogue, mark out your favourites, delete the shit, and when we're allowed, why not have a little bit of a slide night with some friends? Oh, yeah. Photography yeah. friends, we've we've so missed catching up with everybody. Why not? I'm going to do this with um, a few of my workshop participants who came to the Kimberley. We will we'll get when we're allowed. We'll get together over here and we'll have a bit of a slide night and show off each other's photos and relive the fantastic uh, trip we had. But it you gives go. us an opportunity to show off our wares and also um, catch up because we've not done enough of that over the last 12, 18 months catching up with everybody. Well, it does. So go and right. do that, peoples
1: yeah right. that does that sounds very nice are we done yeah I are you happy we are. I am I'm happier than what we were at the start I think the first 15 minutes was a bit shit <laughs> Oh, is that? oh, sorry. That's not what you're asking. Whoops. <laughs>
0: what do you mean? That's that's normal. That's normal. The first 15 minutes we've improved because usually it's the first 25, 30 minutes. That's so, well,
1: like you could look at it like that, couldn't you? We did. We did we're um, doing. We're ahead. getting
0: better. We've been going at this for about 12 months. This is episode number 33, and we're actually getting better at it. Perhaps one we'll day let, we'll nail let let it. We'll our audience be the judge of that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How many listens this week? Well, there's probably a lot of listens, but they all ended at two minutes.
0: <laughs> all right Matthew it's been great to catch up with you mate uh thanks for joining us everybody on yet another fantastic episode self-proclaimed of uh Matt and Tom's podcast we'll uh we'll catch you next time see you guys bye